0: Hi, this is Danny Klein-Modisette, and this is the Afterbirth Podcast, featuring real stories about raising kids that you're not going to read in a parenting magazine. Here's a story by writer-producer Marta Raven called Baby Powder. It was performed at the Triad Theatre in New York City in 2008. Please give a warm welcome for the lovely and talented Marta Raven. I'm standing
1: in my kitchen at two in the morning trying to make a bottle to soothe my wailing three-month-old. In my sleep-deprived haze, I spill a large capful of formula onto the shiny granite countertop. As I begin to wipe up the mess, I'm immediately struck by the fact that the last time I was looking at a mound of white powder on a shiny surface, (laughs) it was definitely cocaine. It wasn't like I had a drug problem, per se. I was pretty much just a recreational user. I enjoyed drinking and smoking pot as much as the next gal, only a little bit more. And cocaine was strictly for parties, to enhance my Taibo workout, motivate me to clean my apartment or occasionally to do off a stripper's ass during a threesome. I mean, she was there, I was there, whatever. Uh, Anyway, after I got married, I slowed down the drug use quite a bit, except for the rare bender over Yom Kippur, but you know, how else was I supposed to get through 24 hours without eating and drinking? Um, But once I got pregnant, it was a no-brainer. I was gonna be clean and sober for nine months. Now, it wasn't a physical struggle for me to give up those vices when I was pregnant, but it was definitely a mental one. There are some women who pride themselves on not changing their social lives when they're pregnant. They still go out to parties and bars, proudly balancing their glass of seltzer and lime on their big bellies. I was not one of them. By my second month, I realized that without the help of alcohol or drugs, it turns out I'm shy and not really good at small talk. (laughs) Right? Who knew? Uh, But I didn't mind. Ever since I had gotten married, I didn't enjoy going out that much anyway. I mean, after all, what was the point of going to a bar if you couldn't make out with strangers? (laughs) Now, although I didn't drink or do drugs during my pregnancy, I still felt the need to rebel in some way. Unlike some of my other pregnant friends who wouldn't put a piece of cheese in their mouth without calling Louis Pasteur to make sure it was legit. I happily indulged in many pregnancy taboos. I ate tuna fish more than twice a week. I drank coffee daily. And I had my hair colored all three trimesters. I just didn't think that any of these small pleasures could be a big deal. I mean, think about all the crack moms living in gutters who give birth to perfectly healthy four-pound babies. (laughs) You know, like, what was a little tuna on whole wheat going to do to my kid? I didn't take my prenatal vitamins. Now, at first, was there a gasp? (laughs) I know. I know. Everybody takes their prenatal vitamins. Now, at first, it was because they made my already brutal morning sickness unbearable. Yes, the same woman who could down a Xanax with a shot of tequila couldn't handle the prenatal vitamins. But even when they stopped making me sick, I still didn't take them. In my warped head, not taking the vitamins was my way of saying, fuck you, to everyone who told me life as I knew it was about to change. All those books about what to expect when you're expecting. Expect this, Dr. Spock! (laughs) I didn't even tell my gynecologist the truth. She'd ask if I was taking the vitamins and I'd give my usual uh uh-huh. It was the same uh uh-huh I gave her when I was single and she asked if I was practicing safe sex. Lying to this woman was a natural reflex. (laughs) Cut to my fifth month. Other pregnant friends of mine were constantly remarking about how their babies were kicking up a storm, but I wasn't feeling anything. The baby never kicked. I started to think that maybe not taking those vitamins wasn't the best idea. I went to the doctor almost every week and and told her the baby wasn't kicking and she would hook me up to a sonogram machine and say, no, no, he looks fine, his heartbeat's strong, nothing to worry about. And even though I was scared, I still didn't take the vitamins. I'm an instant gratification person. When I take a pill, I expect something to happen immediately. (laughs) I take a Tylenol, no more headache. Motrin, no more cramps. Ecstasy, and I make out with a 350 pound bald bouncer named Lenny. (laughs) His head was so soft, oh, so soft. I just really didn't believe that those pills did anything but make me sick. But as the months passed on and on and the kicks came less and less, I became paralyzed by my dirty little secret. In my last few weeks, I fessed up to my mother. And usually when I talk to my mother about pregnancy, she would say something like, I drank and smoked through both pregnancies and you and your deaf, cross-eyed brother turned out fine. <laughs> I told her about the vitamins, making a joke about how they probably didn't even have vitamins back in her day, and she just turned to me and grimly said, no, Marta, we had vitamins, and I took them daily. <laughs> Uh-oh. I guess 1972 wasn't as backward as my parents' orange formica kitchen would suggest. I started having major panic attacks. There was a constant lump in my throat, my stomach was in knots, and the waistband on my Liz Lang cords was getting tighter and tighter every day. I called my best friend knowing she would agree with my, if crack moms can have healthy babies, so can I, theory. And even though she humored me and said I would be fine, deep down I was petrified. Cut to the delivery room. I had a relatively easy birth, of course, drug assisted. I'd been looking forward to that epidural like a cold glass of Chardonnay on a summer's day. <laughs> My mom arrived right before the big event, assuming she would be part of the birthing process. She carefully removed her jewelry and scrubbed in, approaching the bed with her clean hands raised, as she'd seen Dr. Addison Montgomery Shepherd do so many times on Grey's Anatomy. <laughs> Marta, I'm here. She was only slightly insulted when my doctor asked her to take a seat. Of course, she stayed involved on her cell phone, giving play-by-play to my dad, who was on the way. Marta's pushing very hard. Abe's holding her legs. I can sort of see the head. How's Marta? She seems fine. Her hair looks nice. I think she had a pedicure. <laughs> Jonah Laser 1 was born at 7.33 a.m. on March 6, 2007. He was seven pounds, six ounces, and perfect in every way, except, except for his foot. It was bent up and backwards towards his leg. Now, the doctors and nurses assured us it was probably nothing, but to make sure, they would send an orthopedist to check it out. I feel like you guys all think, like, I gave him polio, and that's not what happened. It's like, I just, I don't know if I'm ruining the ending, but I just feel like I just changed the mood, and it's freaking me out. All right, so, spoiler. Uh, So the next day, after a sleepless night, two orthopedic assistants showed up to look at Jonah's foot. My husband had gone home to take a quick shower, but my mom was with me in the room when they came. The assistants started whispering to each other, and as they examined Jonah and they turned around to speak to us, they had these grave look in their eyes. The bigger one, who I called Boris, even though that was not his name, (laughs) said, the foot looks deformed and will probably be like that for the rest of his life unless he has surgery. In truth, I can't remember exactly what he said, but all I heard was, you didn't take your prenatal vitamins and now your child's gonna be deformed forever. (laughs) It seemed like my wild, selfish ways had finally caught up with me. The girl who tempted fate during her single years, mixing substances and fluids with wild abandon, and then laughed at the rules of pregnancy had finally gotten her comeuppance. I started to cry. Mom, is his foot deformed because I didn't take the vitamins? No, of course not, she said, but her eyes said yes. They took Jonah away for x-rays. By the time my husband came back, I was a complete mess. Up until that moment, I had never really made the connection that this thing I'd been carrying around for months, feeding mercury-filled tuna and depriving of nutritious vitamins was actually going to be a person, a little helpless person that I already failed. We eventually saw a specialist who told us that Jonah's foot was not deformed. It was slightly bent, but would probably straighten out on its own without having surgery. Jonah's foot had been trapped under his other leg in my womb, which was why I never felt any kicking. It had nothing to do with not taking the vitamins. So that was 16 months ago, and I'm happy to say that Jonah's foot is almost completely healed, and he's walking like a pro. Yay! And I feel very lucky and blessed that his funky foot was the only medical problem Jonah has had so far. I actually feel blessed for many reasons. I have a loving husband who pretends that I've lost all my baby weight. (laughs) A mother who, although she was horrified by the thought of breastfeeding me, offered to give a crying Jonah her own nipple one night while she was babysitting. (laughs) What? He might enjoy it. And a father who, although his idea of toys for me was a yellow legal pad and some post-its, never forgets to buy Jonah a present before he sees him. I am blessed with love and family, and my life feels more important now than it ever was when I was single. These are the best reasons I have found for making sure the only white powder you'll find on my kitchen counter will be formula. Or maybe a little heroin, but only for play dates. (laughs) Thank you, thank you, Danny.
0: For more information about Afterbirth, please visit www.afterbirthstories.com. Our new show, Not What I Signed Up For, will be at the Triad Theater in New York City on August 25th. For information and reservations, please visit www.triadnyc.com. Afterbirth will be back at MBAR and the corner of Fountain and Vine in Hollywood on September 24th. Please call 323-856-0036 for information and reservations. I hope you'll come. It's going to be a great show.